What's up, guys? Today on the podcast, we're going to be doing our NBA awards for the 2020 season. These awards uh, do not include any games from the bubble, so it only includes games prior. Um, so I made my selections earlier, and I've been looking them over, and then I confirmed them once I saw the NBA's finalist list. So let's get right into it. Let's start with MVP. This one, I think, isn't as much of a race as it could have been if there was no obviously coronavirus and stuff like that but my pick for the MVP is Giannis and I think this is an easy pick he's averaging 30 14 and 6 on the season in under 31 minutes per game which is really low for a starter for a superstar like that and he obviously led the Milwaukee Bucks to the first seed in the Eastern Conference a very simple case great on both ends of the floor best record in the NBA best player on the best team so I think he's going to end up winning the MVP. But I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here and give you my case for LeBron. And LeBron's my second pick, but I'm going to give you the case for LeBron as the number one pick. And it's pretty simple. If you take LeBron off of the Lakers, are they a top eight seed in the West? I don't think so. I, I don't even think they're... Let's just look at the seven, eight seeds right now. It's um, the Portland Trailblazers are around there. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's the Luka Doncic-led Dallas Mavericks. Do you think that this team, this Lakers team without LeBron, led by Kuzma and Anthony Davis, Danny Green, whoever else they have, not really a lot of guys, um, JaVale McGee, do you think these guys would lead this team to a top eight seed in the West? Definitely not. In my opinion, definitely not. We saw what Anthony Davis did with Drew Holiday. Sometimes they didn't even make the playoffs. So that's the argument for LeBron. Another thing is that the West is much harder than the Eastern Conference, which is something that we hear time and time again every single season uh, over the last, like, it feels like the last 10 years. The West is a lot harder. And the ability for the LeBron and the Lakers to hold the one seed, and at the time of the pandemic outbreak, they had almost the same record as the Milwaukee Bucks, I think that's a lot of credit to LeBron, their number one guy. I guess you can look back and then say, hey, Giannis doesn't have another superstar next to him. Chris Middleton's an all-star, but LeBron has AD, and that's a fair point. But Giannis has a better system. I think they have a better coach. And they have just guys around them that play defense and can shoot. And just uh, more reliable, dependable guys, especially when the playoffs come around. So... I guess that's the argument for LeBron is that if you take him off, he's probably the most valuable player, realistically speaking. And then number three is obviously James Harden. And for him, it's the statistical argument. He's averaging 34, 7, and 8 on the season with Westbrook next to him. They're, I believe they're the fourth. They were around, they're definitely the top five in the West. Um, so his team didn't quite have the success that a team led by LeBron and Giannis had, but he still had a great season nonetheless. And I think that's why he ends up sitting at the third position. And then I think I want to shout out a couple more guys. I'm going to shout out Luka Doncic, 29-9-9 on the year. Um, His team is not good with him off the floor. When he's on the floor, they have one of the best offenses in NBA history. And I already said the numbers. He's a statistical monster at in his second year, and I think he's a top-five MVP guy. And then Anthony Davis, another monster on the number one seed next to LeBron, obviously played really good. I think he deserves some respect as well for putting up big numbers and 
playing great defense, which we'll get into more a little later on. But now let's move on to one of the harder ones that I had to figure out, and that's most improved player. And for me, the number one guy is Brandon Ingram. He's a first-time All-Star. He went from averaging 18 points per game to 24 points per game. He increased his rebounds by one and his assists by one in the exact same number of minutes that he played last season. And he also became a, num- a reliable number one option for the New Orleans Pelicans this season. Obviously averaging 24 points per game. He's an all-star. Um, and he became, I think this is something that's underrated. He became a good three-point shooter and a significantly better three free throw shooter. You know he worked on his game this offseason and the numbers kind of show that. Um, he went from 67.5% from the free throw line to 85% on the same number of attempts per game. So he increased his free throw percentage by almost 20%, and he increased his three-point percentage. And this is the craziest thing to me. He went from a 33% shooter on only two attempts per game from three to a 39% shooter on over six attempts per game. This kind of scares me because in my mind I'm thinking, okay, is this a flash-in-the-pan sort of situation? Or are we going to see Ingram be a reliable scorer in his career? from the free throw line and from the three-point line from here on out? Or was this one season just something we'll never see again? And that's what worries me, but I don't have to worry about next season. For this year's award, I'm giving Brandon Ingram the most improved player from last season. And number two for me is Bam. Bam Adebayo went from nine points per game to 16 points per game. So he saw an increase of plus seven points per game. And he's obviously a first-time All-Star from a bench player last season. That's actually crazy. Part of the reason for his success was because Hassan Whiteside obviously got traded to Portland and is no longer in the way. So Bam Adebayo was able to get an extra 10 minutes per game. He went from 23 minutes per game to 33 minutes per game, which is a 50% increase in minutes played. But we saw almost doubling, almost a 100% increase in scoring, um, an increase in rebounding. So in those minutes, he was more effective. And I think that's a part of that is... Um, a function of him improving obviously and then he's also a great defender on top of that one issue I had with the most improved player was that the third guy they put in the finalists that the NBA put is Luka Doncic okay Luka's great 29-99 he was great last season but how could you leave Devontae Graham off the list he was a stat stuffer he was on the Charlotte Hornets he was not that good in terms of their team was not that good, I should say. He was really good. He averaged 18 points per game that season and had an increase from four points per game. So he quadrupled his point-per-game output on pretty efficient shooting from three. Overall, not super efficient, but Devontae Graham really improved this season. And then another guy, as a Raptors fan, who I think should be there is Norman Powell. He went from 8.6 points per game to 16 points per game playing 10 extra minutes per game. So we saw a 50% increase in minutes approximately, and he doubled his point output. He was a lot more confident. He shot really good. I think that Norman Powell should be considered as well. He's not as flashy because he didn't go from um, a starter to an all-star. He went from a bench player who didn't get a ton of minutes to a guy who got more minutes, put up pretty good points, and kind of varied between starter and bench player. He played both. He ended up playing more games as a starter than as a bench player which is why he was not considered for six man of the year he wasn't uh he was ineligible so just want to shout my guy out quickly moving on to six man of the year for me it's dennis schroeder 
Part of the success of OKC is Schroeder's role off the bench. This guy averaged 19 points per game on pretty efficient splits, 47, 38, 84 from the free throw line. He also had four assists and four rebounds on top of that. He was the third best player on a playoff team in the West, a team that we did not expect to be in the playoffs at all. He was able to elevate his game coming off the bench, a role that he didn't necessarily have before except for last season with OKC, a role that he started flourishing in now um, and really was a reliable player for them in the, in clutch moments and even throughout games in general. So he was a huge contributor to their success and I think that's why I put him above Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. And I think another argument against them is that they kind of cancel each other out because they're both such good players off the bench. You have Montrez who puts up 19 and 7. And then you have Lou Willow puts up 18 and 6 assists. And so these guys kind of cancel each other out. And in a way, the addition of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard deflects some of their um, scoring output. So these guys obviously take so many shots and overtake the role that a guy like Lou William has as the closer on this team last season to now being a guy who just is more of a decoy where we'll see Paul George and Kawhi Leonard taking the last shot before we would see Lou Will take that shot. And so I think that kind of um, has his role get overtaken, and which is why we didn't see the best Lou Williams we've seen in previous years. And so I end up listing mine out as shorter number one, Montrez two, and then Lou Will third. And then a shout-out to George Haley, shooting 48% from three this year. A great role player on the best team in the NBA. So I just want to quickly shout him out, too, because I thought he was really good. Moving on to Coach of the Year. As a Raptors fan, I know I'm biased, but I actually do think that Nick Nurse is the Coach of the Year. The Toronto Raptors were the second seed in the East. They had over 50 wins in a shortened season. He suffered the second most injuries in the NBA behind only Golden State. Two integral players, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry. All of these guys were injured. The only guys who played full seasons were Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher. I think Chris Boucher played one less game than total. So these two got bench pieces played the most games. They weren't even two of our top five or six guys coming into the season, and they played a significant number of minutes. So, And they're still able to have a lot of success. A lot of people saw the Raptors as a non-top six team in the East. A lot of people even expected them to be out of the playoffs. And Nick Nurse elevated this team despite injury and led them to the playoffs to the second seed in the East, the second best team in the Eastern Conference, third best record in the NBA. I think he deserves coach of the year, in my opinion. Billy Donovan's a good second, though. I think you could easily swap them, too, honestly, because Billy Donovan had the biggest win differential from the preseason projections made by experts. They were expected to be the bottom of the West and ended up making it to be a playoff team in the Western Conference. In the mix right now to be a top four seed. I think they're fifth right now. Um and they were in they're in the in play to be a top four seed in the in the West, which is really impressive to me, which is why I put him number two. And then third is obviously Mike Budenhoser. Not much to say here. He led the Bucks to a high sixty one season, which was projected to be almost 70 wins, um, if not for the lockout or, uh, you know, what happened with COVID and stuff. So that great system implemented by Budenhoser had a lot of regular season success, which is why he definitely deserves to be in the top three. Now, Defensive Player of the Year. 
a lot of people are saying Giannis, but in my mind, it's Anthony Davis. And I'm surprised so many people want, are thinking Giannis as Defensive Player of the Year. Just think about this. The Los Angeles Lakers are playing guys like Avery Bradley, Danny Green, LeBron, JaVale McGee around Anthony Davis. And the Lakers still have the third best defensive rating in the NBA. They have the third best defense in the NBA, led by Anthony Davis as their anchor in the middle. He has 3.8 stocks this year, which is steals and blocks combined, which I believe is one of the highest in the NBA. 3.8 stocks. I think he's close to leading the league in blocks as well. So Anthony Davis, in my mind, is is the defensive player of the year. I don't know how you can give it to Giannis. I know he's the best defender on the best defensive team in the league. He has 2.1 stocks per game. It's like 1.1 blocks, 1 steal. So he is contributing on that front, but... In my mind, it's Anthony Davis, number one. And then I put Giannis, number two, for being best defender on best defensive team. Third, I put Gobert, but I put him not happily because I want Ben Simmons in my top three. But I know the NBA already put their finalists and had Rudy Gobert in their top three, so I I slid him up with respect to their list. But I think Ben Simmons should be the guy at number three in my mind. I know it's not a guard-driven award, but I would put him third because he's leading the league in steals at 2.1 steals per game. His perimeter defense is ridiculous. Uh, he's averaging 0.6 blocks per game. One of the best defenders in the NBA, especially on the perimeter. Uh, seven feet tall, basically, guarding guards, guarding wings, guarding centers. He does it all. He's so versatile. Can't believe he's not in there. I I think Go- Gobert just got put in there just because of his reputation as a defender, not because of what he actually achieved this season. So I would put Ben Simmons third personally, and I would slide Rudy Gobert fourth, but... We already know Gobert is the finalist. So moving on to Rookie of the Year, probably the easiest awards to give out here. Number one, John Morant, 18-7 on the season, led the Memphis Grizzlies to the eighth seed. He's the best rookie without question. Such a surprise, such a happy surprise. If everything goes well, you know, he can be a superstar in the NBA. He's shown that this year. Uh, he's shown that he has the heart. He's shown that he's got the must. He's got like the hustle, the mentality. Uh, his game's scary to watch sometimes because he's just flying up and down the court, landing on one foot, dunking like crazy, but you got to love him. Uh, such a great season, such a great story. So that's why he's number one. At number two, Kendrick Nunn, 15 points per game, undrafted guard playing for the Miami Heat. He's a great scorer. I think he surprised everyone too, which is why he's up there as well. I think there's also not too much competition in this front. Um, his splits are 44, 36, 84. And then last... Fortunately, I'm going to put Zion because that's what they had listed as one of their finalists. He averaged 24 points per game in under 20 games. He was great, but in my mind, he just didn't play nearly enough games. So I would slide him out to fourth, and I would input Brandon Clark as my third. 12-6 and six on the season, great role player for the Memphis Grizzlies, and another rookie who helped them really overachieve this season. So I'd rather have Brandon Clark in there personally. Um, great year. Canadian boy too, I believe, so... Got a lot of respect for him. And then my fifth, who is just a guy I want to shout out, is Terrence Davis, a solid contributor for the Raptors off the bench. Um, he doesn't have a huge counting stats, but I know one game this season he had 31. Um, and he, he does hit timely buckets in the season. There's games where he hits clutch threes, 39% three-point shooter on the year, 86% from the free throw line. Another undrafted guy. He played only under 17 minutes per game, like 16.6 minutes per game, which is the lowest out of these guys. So... I think that on a minute-per-minute basis, Terrence Davis has had a huge impact 
on the Toronto Raptors, and that's why I'm just giving him a shout-out as my fifth guy. Um, and yeah, that's it for my list. I, I'm going to put a post up on Instagram showing the guys I picked, but this was more of an in-depth look at the top three, top four, top five even, for some categories, why I picked these guys, um, and kind of my reasoning. And So now you can debate, okay, who did I pick wrong? Let me know, all right, because I know I did pick some guys wrong. Uh, till the next one, thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe for more. And follow me on IG at Raptors Community.